0: Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me Bramwell from Hornus Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's word, the Bible says. I've been so grateful to all of you for listening, downloading, sharing, you know, this Podcast over the last 30 plus uh, episodes, and you know, the heart behind this is to see people equipped, to see you equipped for service, equipped for the ministry of God. You know, the word ministry means service, and I, the heart behind it all is to see that you are equipped for that service for him. Because when we come into a relationship with Jesus, you know, it's more than a relationship. Because Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior. Yeah, you know, Jesus is everything. When we are convicted of the truth, when heaven opens and we're convicted by the Holy Spirit of the truth, then there's no going back. You don't want to go back to the old life why would you want to go back to the old life when the new life is in front of you why would you want to go back to the old life when there is freedom ahead yeah and that is what you know the aim behind wholeness ministries is or part of the aim behind wholeness Ministries, seeing people come to christ be made whole and equipped for ministry it's an onward going journey yeah, it's not something that we just stand still in. And so I do pray that this does equip you and does encourage you. And we're going to continue today looking at Acts 2, verse 42 continue looking at the Ecclesia part two of the Ecclesia. Last week was part one and if you haven't heard last week's then I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's because it sets the foundation of where we are. We started to open up the, the, the beginning of the Ecclesia and so we're going to continue today by continuing in Acts 2 verse 42. So everything we see here in Acts 2 verse 42 is a foundation. You know Acts 2 verse 42 says and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. The word steadfastly which we were looking at last week means to preserve or to give constant attention to a thing. You know, the fact that this was after they had, after this 3,000 people, 3,000 souls were added to the family of Christ. And when they were added, they then continued you, know, steadfastly. They continued in devotion. You know, their life changed so much that they were devoted then to knowing more, devoted then to keeping their life on that direction on that path everything became about Jesus and so they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers so last week we looked at this apostles doctrine we looked at you know the ecclesia and what the Ecclesia is and everything. And we also then spent some time looking at the apostles doctrine, the fact that this is the teaching, the instruction that the apostles have been given by Jesus, spending those three years with Jesus when they were called. And they were now passing on what they had learned. This was their learning, their teaching. And again, this is something that that often gets amiss is that the Ecclesia should be about passing on instruction, passing on the teaching, the teaching not of, not of man, but the teaching of Jesus, the teaching of God, the biblical teaching, and that is partly in discipleship. That's part of discipleship is this teaching. It is absolutely fundamentally important that we as a bride of Christ, which is what the Ecclesia is, is teaching people, is discipling people because otherwise people become stuck. And this is a discipleship in every area. It's a way of how to conduct your life, how to deal with certain situations, how to walk focused on Jesus, how to live your life. The whole lot comes within this teaching. You know, and we hear a lot about certain elements of teaching. You know, things that are very topical, should we say. And then there are certain other things that we hear very little about. So for example, we would hear a lot about the whole you know, gender issue. The whole sexuality issue. We hear a lot about that. We even hear some you know, teaching that would actually go against biblical means. And that would be then therefore where we would have you know, false teaching. If it's not biblical, it's false. And so you need to always weigh things up with the Bible. But then little things like how do you deal with a disagreement? And I say little, they're not little. Because a disagreement and the way that that can manifest into an argument is sin. And so Jesus talks about that. That's part of the apostles' teaching, the apostles' doctrine. How to deal with disagreement. How to deal with gossip. These are things as well that are important within discipleship. We are to disciple. And that's what the ecclesia should be doing. There should be no topic that is off limits within discipleship the doctrine, within the teaching, within the learning, within the ecclesia, if somebody doesn't want to talk about something because they feel uncomfortable, then my answer is get over it. And I know that may sound blunt, but it is true. Get over it. Because if you are instructed to teach, you have to teach. You have to teach What Jesus says and if you are not instructed and you therefore are teaching without the mantle that God gives without the mantle of teaching then you are in a very very dangerous place you cannot pick and choose what you want and there are there are some denominations that will pick and choose what parts of the Bible they read that will pick and choose what they actually talk about it is a false teaching. You have to understand this because this is all part again. You know, Lord, please let this really resonate and understand. If you are in a church that picks and chooses and doesn't talk about certain things, then you are in a place that is not biblically teaching and potentially you are in a place where the person that is standing and teaching you is not ordained by God to do so because you cannot miss out parts you cannot miss out parts of the Bible if you do you are not given the full picture you are not given the full teaching And this this is something that we see so much, particularly in the Western world. You, we see this so much. We see elements of, oh, I don't like this bit, so I'm not going to talk about it. Do you know there are some denominations that won't even preach on hell or won't even preach on the devil? How on earth are you going to get through life if you don't hear the teaching of the one who comes prowling around, the one who comes to try and kill your life? To destroy your life, it doesn't make sense. So the three thousand were devoted to learning, to learning what the apostles had learned. You know, and when we come into that relationship, we should be devoted to learn that as well. We should be devoted to make sure that we stay on that same path. You know, we should be wanting to, to know more, to read more. But within that devotion of wanting to learn, we should be humble enough to listen and to accept what biblical teaching we hear. You know, that's another element because, you know, sometimes we can be wanting to learn so much, but actually pride then comes in, And we lose the focus of actually being humble to sit and listen to people. And the devil then gets in through arrogancy. Oh, I know everything. I know where to find this. I know where to find that in the Bible. Blah, 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 blah. And arrogancy starts to creep in. You desire then to actually make it known that you know. Rather than actually humbly sitting and listening to what somebody who is anointed to teach actually teaches and that's how easy the devil can come in that's how easy the devil can 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 play tricks even when you are devoted to something devoted to learning more about Jesus he can twist that to make you become arrogant and prideful Humility is not of the devil, humility is of Jesus, it is of the Holy Spirit, it is of God. And I've seen people fall, sadly, because they have lost their humility. Please don't lose your humility. Please don't want to keep proving a point that you know everything. Keep Humble in your learning. So let's continue with the next part. And they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship. This word fellowship in the Greek is the kiona. And the word kiona actually means intercourse or intimacy. There's an intimacy within the body of believers. Now, I know that I said it means intercourse as well. It, you know, I'm not saying, you know, far from am I saying about the fact that you know, anything like that was happening within the body of believers. But what does that bring? It brings an element of closeness. You know, there was a closeness within these fellowship. Within the 3,000. There's an intimacy. Within the 3,000. And this word. Kyona. Pops up a few times. Within uh, Paul's letters. Particularly. But let's look at a couple of them. So in Galatians 2. Going from verse 7. says. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, that's Paul, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me towards the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. Here where you can read about, in fact, we'll we'll look at this later on when we get to that part within Acts. The fact that this, this sort of moment where it's like, hang on a minute. Paul's doing something. What is it that he's doing? He's taking the message. He's taking the gospel to the to the uncircumcised. Yeah, that was unheard of. But it was something that Jesus spoke about. And what happened was that they come back together. And the apostles within Jerusalem, as Paul says here, gives them the right hand of fellowship. It's not just the fact that they give them the fellowship, not that fact that they give them an intimacy there, but the fact that they give them the right hand of intimacy. This was the highest level of respect and blessing, to give the right hand. And so, you know, when Paul and Barnabas are sent on their way, they are sent... With a blessing, they are sent with a blessing and a fellowship and an, an intimacy of fellowship. Of we will support you with this. Do you know that's something else? Yeah. Even if we you just pause here a minute, this whole thing of fellowship, it's something here that, if we are in the body of Christ, as a body of Christ, we are to encourage and be equipped and within being encouraged and equipped to serve to minister then we should be in relationship with people that will then bless us as we leave their cover you know i say their covering to leave what they have implanted into us to then go on and do the work that god has set before us that relationship, though, remains. It stays. If there is any issues, then you come back together. You know, it's not the fact that you walk out the door and you're left. And I think this is something that you, know, as as churches today, we're very, very bad at. Very bad at. We don't see you know, the right hand of fellowship being offered. And maintaining. And staying there. Yeah. I know that I've experienced that in my own life. Yeah. That when God has called. And I've moved on from something. And I can't shake that call in. And I've moved on. Yeah. There have been those that have disagreed. Particularly within the church leadership. That have disagreed. And therefore whilst they have done on the outward. You know we bless you etc actually behind the scenes they've been, we've been cut off and I know this has happened to so many people church, leadership, discipleship whatever you want to call it is not about building an empire it's about building a kingdom and we see a great example here of actually the right hand of intimacy, the right hand of fellowship being offered to see the kingdom grow. I think we really need to get to grips with this word fellowship and the importance of this word. Because it crops up again in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. And you may, you, as soon as I say that verse, you may go, oh, no, it's that one. Because it says here, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness. Yeah, it's that it's that verse that is thrown up when a believer and an unbeliever are together. But look at it, because if we dig deeper into it, there's some real truth in this. When we look at that word fellowship, let's come back to that word fellowship. What does the word fellowship mean? It means intercourse, intimacy. You know, that's what relationship is, particularly a marriage relationship. A marriage relationship, you know, when God created man, he created man and woman to be in a covenant with one another. And that's what marriage is. It's a covenant You know, society has made it something that it's not what God set up. It's not what God intended. You know, in fact, if you go back to Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve did not need a piece of paper to say they were married, but they were devoted to one another. They were dedicated to one another. Therefore, they had that covenant relationship. The problem is that within the world, people can't have that relationship Because they won't be committed to one another if it's not bound by something. And so a legal binding agreement then came in with a marriage certificate. And so we look at this element of do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship, what intimacy, what intercourse... Has righteousness with lawlessness. You you cannot have intimacy of righteousness with an intimacy of lawlessness. It's it's like two magnets paddling themselves. You know they just totally push themselves away from each other. It doesn't work. You know, and what will end up happening is either you will just constantly be pushing against each other or one of you will crumble and fall. And and, and, and there's a danger within that. You know, and the danger is that you know, the one who is righteous will crumble. And that's not what is intended. As the passage then says as well, what communion has light with darkness? Yeah, what communion has light with darkness? And it's that word communion that again, when we look at the Greek, is the kiona word, the fellowship word. So if we look at it in this term, what fellowship, what intimacy does light have with darkness it can't light and darkness cannot exist together it is totally impossible when God created light on day one he separated them he called the light day and the darkness night they don't exist together you cannot have intimacy with a believer and an unbeliever and so if we put this back into the context of Acts 2, verse 42, they are devoting themselves to an intimacy together. An intimacy, a relationship, but that relationship is with one another. They are so close to one another that they become family. And within becoming family, they become so close that they work together they do things together they share with one another what do they share they share the same god they share the same way of life they say share the same love for god they share the same desire to worship they share their struggles they share their victories they share the same desire to see jesus glorified and the joy of the gospel this is what the fellowship of believers is about. You know, they share things together. It is not something that is kept separate. And so they are devoted to this. They are devoted to sharing the same God. They are devoted to sharing the same way of life. They are devoted to sharing their love. ...for God. They're devoted to worshipping together. It's really sad when you see... ...you know, within a um, within a church... ...those that are worshipping... ...and those that are not worshipping. That's not a fellowship... ...of believers. That's weird. Fellowship of believers will worship together. They will praise God together yeah i am i am a a, a, i have a real passion for worship and within the passion for worship i have a passion that people understand what true worship is about it's about him it's pointing towards him who has saved us it's pointing towards jesus it's not about us it's all about him And so, if we are in the time of of, of musical worship and we are doing nothing, and our hearts are just like dead, and our whole body language is dead, we shouldn't be there. Because we're not devoting ourselves to that fellowship. They devoted themselves to this intimacy. Yeah, There are many other examples of this word fellowship coming up. I won't go into them all now because I think we we get the understanding and we get the, the gist of this. But the point being, again, that we are that close to one another... And that we are intentionally close to one another. That we do life with one another. There should be nothing within the the relationship where it's like, Oh, well, I don't trust that person to share that. We should be doing life together. Walking with one another. That's a devotion. And we should be devoted to doing that. As well as being devoted to worshiping together, devoted to our love for God together, devoted to seeing the joy of the gospel, devoted to seeing people saved, devoted to seeing people discipled. Yeah, you know, that's our that's, that should be our heart's cry, and so therefore we can rejoice. When one rejoices. And we can weep when one weeps. Because we share life together. We walk together. So what else were they devoted to? If we continue looking in Acts 2 verse 42. In the breaking of bread. What does this mean? What is the breaking of bread? of bread. You know this phrase breaking of bread in the Greek only appears one other time and there's a lot of you know I've heard all sorts of things about this breaking of bread particularly one or two things particularly but you are oh, it's it's the communion and it's eating together. Well if we go back and look at the Greek and know that this only appears one other time it's in Luke 24, verse 35, where it appears. And it says, and this is at the end of where, um, uh, th- th- so we've had the whole um, Emmaus Road experience. And they t- then they told, so this is when they go back to see the disciples, and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread those on the Emmaus Road had their eyes opened that it was Jesus when he broke bread that's when they knew that it was Jesus and that then links in with just going back a little bit in Luke 24 Luke twenty four verse thirty. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, this is after they have you said to him, "Oh please don't go any further, please stay with us," etc. That he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Do you know what's really interesting in this moment is that they didn't even it doesn't the Bible doesn't tell us that they shared the wine. He just broke the bread. He just broke the bread, and their eyes were opened. And so when we see within this devotion, back in Acts 2: 242 that they were devoted to the breaking of bread, it's the remembrance of what Jesus did. And so then we go back and look at the Last Supper. That the breaking of bread and the sharing of wine at the Last Supper was done within the context of a meal. Here today, we <laughs> we just do it as a remembrance thing. Yeah, we share the communion together, and and it's just been combined as the two things in one. But actually. Go back to what the Last Supper says. It, it talks about the fact that he broke the bread, and then after supper, he took the wine. So, within this context of devoting themselves to the breaking of bread, I believe that they are devoting themselves to the remembrance of Jesus. Jesus. The remembrance of what he commanded to do. Let's look at this in Luke 22. Luke 22 verse 14. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. You do this in remembrance of me. He's telling them to do it. Break bread. Take the cup. Do this in remembrance of Me And that is what it means by devoting themselves to the breaking of bread, because they are remembering what Jesus said, what Jesus did. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's really interesting that when we look at it in this way. We take the bread as that remembrance of his body being broken for us on the cross. What does that mean? What does that symbolize? It symbolizes his death. When we're taking the bread, we're remembering his death on the cross. But when we take the cup, we are remembering the new covenant. We're remembering that when his blood was shed... It was shared within the new covenant for us. And so they are remembering, they're devoting themselves to breaking the bread for his body, for his death. Remembering what he did. It's a physical remembrance and that's what they're devoting themselves to. They are devoting themselves to the physical remembrance as Jesus commanded. Do this in remembrance of me. Of his death. And then we have the last bit of Acts 2 verse 42. Which talks about prayer. They devoted themselves in prayer. Prayer. The word prayer the uh, in the Greek being proshu which means, addressed to God. This is our direction and focus. It should always be towards God. Prayer and worship, always focused towards God. And they devoted themselves to this. They devoted themselves to being focused towards God. And so within the Ecclesia, we should be focused together Towards God. We should be praying together. And our prayers should be all focused towards God. Together. So these four elements. That we've been through today. You know. Should be the bedrock. Of the church. Discipleship. you learning. Again going back to the apostles doctrine. Learning. 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 What the apostles learned. We can't escape that. We should be in fellowship with one another. Fellowship in close-knit together. Family. You know, I, I, just, I Just come into mind. You know we hear this whole thing of. Oh you know, about families and in families there are difficulties and there are rubbings up and all that sort of thing. And therefore no family is perfect and all these sorts of things. Yeah I agree with that. But that's within the world. Within God. With the power of the Holy Spirit. We should be. United together. We shouldn't be bickering about each other. Backbiting. Stabbing people in the back. We should be together. So. That's. Something the way that a church should be devoted to, and I think there needs to be more teaching on this as well. So, they're devoted to learning together, they're devoted to being family together, they're devoted to breaking bread together, remembering what Jesus did upon the cross in the physical remembrance of what Jesus told us to, and they are devoted. To praying together. To focus on God together. Worshipping together. This is the bedrock of an ecclesia. And if we don't have this, we don't have a foundation. And we're going to see as we continue that where this is a foundation, these four things, we're going to see other things happen. Because next week when we start looking at verse 43, we will see what the bedrock of this is then does and I think that this is mind blowing I just pray that this has encouraged you it's equipping you and it's making you think about where you are this is what a church should be and yet sadly we don't see these things Lord let this sink in today of how you have built your ecclesia your fellowship your family Lord let this sink in Lord and help us to be bold and to be brave and to stand for what you say rather than what man says Jesus name Amen